0: Recently, I saw a, a comic strip that tickled me. It was, um, it was a, a one panel comic strip that showed a picture of the devil with his pitchfork and his horns and everything sitting down. And on his lap, he had this big sheet of paper. And the sheet of paper at the top of it said, New Year's resolutions. Smoke, drink more, eat more, party till you drop. And then it kind of just kept going from there. Today, we're, we're kind of. Uh, we're, this is the second sermon of a sermon series we're doing that's really sort of a New Year's um, resolution kind of sermon series because our sort of the thought behind it is the program year is starting from now to the end of school, and most of us see that sort of as the new year here at the church and in school and everywhere else. So, why not take up a few topics to think about as we head into this new year that might help us grow in terms of our spiritual lives? Um, our physical beings, and then our, co- our connection and relationships. Those are kind of the three sermons that we're doing. And today, we're, we're talking about our bodies. And um, once in here uh, a while back, I did a sermon on bodies, but we're, we're going to focus in on it today from a different angle. And last week, lest you think I don't always hear the, the feedback, I had one person tell me after the sermon, I've been here 30 years, I've never heard anybody mention a heresy from the pulpit because we talked about Pelagianism last week. Well, today I want to mention another one because we're on a roll. Um, (laughs) Gnosticism was uh, a heresy that was in the early church. And I'm not going to go into all the different facets of it. We're talking about church history upstairs right now in the Sunday school class that meets at 10 if you want to sort of dig deeper on some of this stuff. But Gnosticism had many different facets to it. it. The idea behind it where it gets its name from Um, this gnosis was that there was a secret knowledge that you needed. And they had a number of different beliefs, but one of their beliefs that they had was that all physical matter was evil, including your bodies. So this whole idea that it was, and this happens in in a number of religions, even sometimes to this day in Christianity, people who will say spirit and soul good, body and physical things that happen not good, kind of a thing, and there's this division. And there were many reasons and aspects to it, but the church came out and said, look, this is a heresy. This is wrong teaching. This is absolutely not what the Christian church teaches. In fact, we teach the opposite. We have this whole doctrine and understanding of the incarnation that God emptied himself and took on human flesh and became one of us and dwelt among us in a body. And more than that, was resurrected in the body and still has a body. So it has implications about the body. This idea that because of that, we understand that our bodies are good. And we get that in a lot of different places in scripture, right? I mean, you can think about one of the famous passages about the body is Psalm 139 verse 14 talks about how God knows us through and through and how we're fearfully and wonderfully made going to our very bodies that were fearfully and wonderfully made. Or we might think about um, the account of creation in Genesis 1. And whether or not you are contextualist or literalist, I don't need to get into all that. But what we learn from it is that God made us. And he made us male and female in his image. And however he did that, we can talk about. But at the end of it, when it's all done, he looks and says, it's good. Actually, it's, it's very good. This idea that he didn't just say, well, their souls are good. The body part of man, I, I, was, I sort of, you know, that was a little bit of a mulligan. <laughs> but it's all good, right? And then, and then St. Paul goes out of his way in 1 Corinthians 15 to talk about how in the future, after we leave this life, we're going to have spiritual bodies. Now, we don't know exactly what that's about. Theologians love debate these kinds of unanswerable questions. Are you going to have the scars you had now? What age are you going to be? You know, all these different things. What does that physical body look at? I'm going to preach on that right after I do angels on a pinhead someday. (laughs) Because I don't think we're ever going to really know that. But the point is, Paul is going to talk about we're going to have spiritual bodies someday. The bodies matter. Our bodies can matter. So they're not only are they not bad, but the Christian understanding is that our bodies are good. And then St. Paul in our first reading today is going to go further than that. He's going to talk more about what our bodies are. And I'm gonna, I want to sort of go and, and look at that now and sort of focus in on that a bit. A little bit of context. This passage from uh, 1 Corinthians 6 is where, you know, St. Paul is, one of the found, is the founder of uh, the Corinthian church. He's writing this letter in the 50s. And he's writing to them to address a number of issues that have come up. He's dealing with divisions in the church. That's not a new thing divisions in the church. He's dealing with immorality that's taking place in the church, and then he's dealing with a number of specific issues that have come up. That's co- sort of the, the big backdrop of the letter. And this sixth chapter, he's dealing with some immorality questions around the body, and I want to unpack that. And for the parents who are in the room who've got the big eyes right now, I'm not, we're not going to talk about some of those words we heard in the, um, we're not going to talk about sexual morality today, but I want to talk about the body. Now, part of what Paul does in this uh, passage today is he's going to take one of the phrases that they've been saying about food, and then now people are beginning to think about their bodies, and he's going to correct it in a way to try to bless them. So what's going on with this, if if you know it, is in the past, of course, Judaism had a lot of restrictions on food. You know, if you go read through part of the Old Testament, you'll get to all those restrictions rules in Leviticus and what have you, talking about the things you can eat and not eat and all the different things and all the kosher and this and this. And the Christians came to a place where they understood that those things were gone. And so people are now saying, well, look, actually, let's look at it afresh. The stomach is made for food. The food's made for the stomach. Let's eat whatever we want. And Paul's going to speak a little bit to that later in, in 1 Corinthians about some sensitivity around that issue. But now he's either heard or thinks or is worried about that people are going to say the same thing about their bodies. The idea that, well, our bodies are made for certain activities and those certain activities are made for the body and let's anything goes. And Paul is saying right up front, that's not it. The body is made for the Lord and the Lord for the body. That's what he, he one of the things he's going to speak into this question about morality around bodies the point I want to hear is that what he's saying is that our bodies are for the Lord and he gives us our bodies in part to turn around and give them back to him. And the question of how do we bless him and honor him with our bodies is where Paul's going with that. So we get to this place where we understand the bodies aren't bad. They're good. And they're the Lord's. He made them. He took on a body. He was resurrected in a body And he's in a body. So we we, we begin to see, obviously, he's honored the body itself. And then we come, um, that's verses um, 13 and 14. We come to verse 15. And he goes on from there, um, talking about different aspects of uh, our body, saying this. He says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? The idea that we're somehow united in Christ that Christ has sealed us, as we talk about in our baptism, in baptism, that somehow we're, uni- we're made, there's sort of a unification with him at some level of what goes on. So there's a deep unity with it. that We're made for the body that way. And I'm not going to make the parents in the room squirm or anything else, But we're, so we're not going to unpack the morality issue, but I do want to say just one thing. There's a whole sermon right here. I'm going to walk by it, but I want to say one thing. <laughs> if you were raised in a strict Catholic home or, or a really strict evangelical home, and somehow all you ever heard was that sex is bad, sex is bad, or bad girls do this, or da-da-da, or whatever these kinds of things, I just want to, as we walk by this sermon I could do right here, I just want to say, God invented this thing, and it's good. Right place, right time, right situation kind of a thing, that's a whole sermon. But don't let anybody, don't ever hear the voice that Christians are negative on this, or saying this is bad. Or that's the only voice that we hear because it's a gift from God. And as I said before, you know, that, that, that's a whole sermon. Paul goes on from there and where he gets to verse 19. And in verse 19 in the passage we read today, he goes further and he says, well, actually, your body is the temple. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And pause there for just a moment to think about your body being a temple that God's Holy Spirit is given to you at baptism and resides in you. But pause here to think about how the temple was treated. You know, you may see synagogues everywhere today, and you may see even some of them labeled temples and what have you, but there was only one temple, and all of Judaism was built around the temple that was in Jerusalem. It was the epicenter of Judaism. And if you go back and read, you know, it was the original one, Solomon's Temple's built in the 900s B.C., and you go back and you read the Old Testament. It goes into all kinds of details about the temple, how it's adorned, where how it's going to build, where all the, de- you know, it matters significantly. It's this glorious thing because we understand that God resides there and it's this sort of epicenter of it all. And then there's a shift that takes place with Jesus. Right. And we hear about it in John four. Y'all may remember the story of the woman at the well. And she's, she's, not, um, she's not Jewish from Jerusalem. He's in another territory talking to her. And they're busy talking about Jesus knows she's got five husbands. She's had five husbands. And they're having all these discussions. And there's one point where she tries to kind of deflect the conversation. And she says, well, we worship on the mountain. You guys do it in Jerusalem. You know, let's talk about that, not about my stuff going on. And Jesus answers back to her and says, well, the day is coming when worship's not going to be on the mountain or Jerusalem. It's going to be in other places where where we're going to worship in beauty and truth. And I'm going to read exactly what he says. He says, the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeks such as these to worship him. The idea that it's not going to be located to a place but how we do it. So in, he's, he's noting this shift. It's going to go from the temple in Jerusalem, ultimately to the temple that holds the Holy Spirit within us. And that, that, that's the place from which we're going to worship. So this idea that our bodies are the Lord's, our bodies are temples. And then in verse 20, St. Paul brings it home in this passage, the very final passage that we, that we read today. He says, look, your body was bought with a price, Therefore, glorify God with your body. So the final thing he says on this passage is we're meant to glorify God with our bodies. So then we begin to think about, okay, our bodies are not bad. They're good. In fact, they're the Lord's. In fact, they're the temple. We kind of start putting all this together. Then the the question becomes, how do we glorify God with our bodies? And I wish there was a passage I could turn to and say that, You know, this one verse tells us exactly how we're going to do that. But there isn't a passage like that. I want to suggest that there are two different ways that we do it. But I really want to offer it up for you guys to think about and ponder this week. i want to leave you ultimately with this question. But I think that if we seek to glorify God in our bodies, honor God in our bodies, there are two different pieces to this. One is how how we um, conduct ourselves with our bodies, what we do with our bodies. And the other is how we care for our bodies. And on this, um, the conduct of our bodies, it's the idea of coming to terms with, that your body is sacred. And it matters where it goes, it matters what it does. And as I said before, there's a whole sermon there. I just wanna raise that issue, like what you do with your body matters, because you're trying to glorify God in in your body. And the second part about our bodies is how we care for them. And again, there's no passage of scripture that says, this is what you do, blah, blah, blah. But the church has ventured into this area before, right? And there's two ways to look at it. There's the list of things we shouldn't do. And the church has said in the past, don't do these. And scripture will say things we don't do. And then there's this whole list of things that maybe we should do and think about doing. Let me say something about both. So historically, if you go back to the early church, they, they came up with the seven deadly sins, These things that would pull us away from God. At at least two of those are on the body, right? Gluttony, how we eat, what we eat, that kind of stuff. Too much we eat, whatever. There's a gluttony piece and then there's sloth. You know, this idea of just being lazy or what we do with, with that whole piece. So there are things that the church has stepped into to say, we know from spiritual practices, these are not good things. And then the question for us is, what other things are there in that, right? There are, we know there are things we should give up. Things that hurt us ultimately, like the um, Satan's New Year's list that we read at the start of this thing. Or we know that we're less healthy if we drink too much. Or we know we're less healthy if we smoke or we do this or whatever. And I know I'm not going to throw any stones whatsoever. Um, but this idea of thinking, what are the things that we're around, surrounded with, or engaged in that ultimately definitely don't glorify God and definitely pull down our, um, our bodies, our things for us to think about. What I really want to do is just put this issue on your radar to ask the question, what is it that we need to give up, you know? And reading what science has to say about some of these things, right? And then pivoting here to ask the other question, what are the things that we should do? What are the things, if you want to glorify God, and maybe you've never thought about when you go to the gym that maybe it's an act of worship of God, not of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the way of honoring God with your body on the positive things that you do and kind of thinking about this. And, and here, again, there's no passage. I'll, I'll get you to take a broad view because I just want you to think about these things um, and just think about maybe some of the categories, right? The World Health Organization describes health this way, a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So it's sort of a bigger picture of what it might mean to be well and to honor God with our bodies. I think whatever conversation you're going to have about it, whatever discernment, whatever prayer you're going to have, I think you would think about physical activity, whatever it is for your stage of life where you are, I think it would be a conversation or thought about nutrition. I'll tell you, a couple years ago, for the first time ever, I did a nutrition course. And I was kind of embarrassed when it was over because I was like, man, I've been a lot of decades of life. You eat three times a day. I'd never studied it, ever. I'd never given a single thought, really, about the science of it. And there were so many things I did not know. I need to take it again because I've forgotten about half of them, but there's so many things. But thinking about what we eat, thinking about sleep and we know Americans don't get enough thinking about our mental health, you know, what are we doing actively to reduce our stress and to be anchored? How open are we as a people to getting uh, help with different issues that come up in that department? And along with this, I think as, as Christians, we have to say too, thank God for our doctors and our medical community and the nurses and everybody that helps with all, all of that and being fit and, Seeing part of our honoring God is doing our part to engage the medical community to be healthy. And then to go from there, there are all kinds of additional things that um, people will talk about wellness. Finances, your occupation, your social, spiritual, intellectual, emotional, environmental, all these different systems and things coming in as to part of what our wholeness is about. I'm convinced, though, that if we lean into this and we seek to glorify God and honor God in our bodies. We, we actually do that with God, but we actually get a blessing out of it. Like so many things, when you give to God and you try to honor God, he blesses you. And there, I think there's a built-in natural blessing as you try to glorify God with your body that you receive back in all kinds of, of different ways. So I'm leaving you guys with some homework. Um, your body's not bad. It's good. God, in, uh, it's the Lord's body. It's, man, we're meant to, it's meant to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul tells us today to glorify God with it. That means don't do certain things with it. Do certain things with it. I encourage you to think about that, have a conversation about that at lunch today and ponder it this week and try to find one thing this coming program year, the next nine months, with respect to your body that you're going to do or try that you haven't done. Let's pray.